Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to History Box! And it's another instalment in the uh, bizarre, fascinating and slightly sordid case of John Darwin, the canoe man from Hartlepool who uh, faked his death, disappeared for an insurance claim of £250,000, a modest claim. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It was worth it. Some would say uh, hardly worth it, but there you go. And uh, we're at the point now where the the gig was up, pretty much. Darwin had walked into the West End Central Police Station in London, which, of course, we established as London's most glamorous police station, claiming to have no memory of the past five years. Um, Somebody had uh, discovered a photograph of them on Google Images by searching the words John, Anne and Panama, and that cropped up, and it appeared on a website called movetopanama.com and was then brought to the attention of the Daily Mirror and the Cleveland uh, Police Force. Now, we ended, last episode, I've just remembered, we ended by talking about the possibility that Anne might have been a workplace cunt, didn't we? Yes. And that somebody might have gone after her to try and expose what she'd been doing. It seemed to Um, add up that, didn't it? And you told your own workplace cunt story uh, Mm. at the end of the episode. So... um, Anne was presented with the photograph um, and she said, um, there's a photograph of her and John. She said, yes, that's him. My sons will never forgive me. Um, Of course, the sons didn't seem to have any knowledge of what was going on. No, that was the thing. They'd lied to the sons and said, yeah, your dad is legitimately dead. Dad is dead. And they mourned him and grieved and all that kind of thing. And then, well, hey, Dad came back to life. A bit like we said before, like when Reggie Perrin became Martin Wellborn for a while in Reggie Perrin. Um, yeah, it's not his, nice. And that, like, what are you going to say to your kids? Oh, you have to understand, though, kids, it was for £250,000. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine a sum of money that huge? It was well worth it. Yeah. He faked his, I'm sorry you went through all that grief and sadness and sleepless nights but it was for £250,000. We had no other choice. Um, So it then says on the Wikipedia page that we're using as our source, the police then arrested Darwin at his son Anthony's house in Basingstoke. 
So that, I suppose, is the question, I guess. Did Anthony know that John was there or did the police get in touch with Anne and arrange to arrest him? I don't know. But uh, there's a little bit more about their kids coming up on the page, but a little diversion. Um, a police investigation discovered Darwin had been using the false passport by the name of, of course, John Jones. Um, and it says, here's, here's the link to me, almost in this case. John Jones was a baby from Sunderland. Oh, who had right, died. Yeah, you're a baby from Sunderland. Or you were a baby. I was, I was once, but who had died mm. in 1950. So it was one of those things where someone, I think we, we used this line in the live show, didn't we? Uh, Roald Dahl. <laughs> Yeah, stealing a baby's uh, dead baby's identity. It's a a common grift. It's all over the place, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. From Norway in that case. But this is something. So John Jones, sadly, um, his memory was tarnished by uh, by John Darwin. John Jones. Um, It says, upon examining the false passport, police discovered that Darwin had made several trips to Panama in the previous five years. Uh, he'd been backwards and forwards across there a lot, and he's setting up his new life. Um, and the home of suspicious activity, Panama. Occasional sh- uh, fishing trips in Cornwall. The police uh, fucking flag anyone who goes to Panama more than twice a year. And rightly so. <laughs> Just arrest them immediately. And th- then yeah. work out what they've done. Arrest first, ask questions later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to, have to assume this is dodgy, so I'm just going to arrest you now. <laughs> uh, You're going to Panama again, yeah? I like it there. You've already no. been once this year. Yeah, I really like it. It's fucking miles away. Why don't you just go to Spain? I like Panama. Right, you're nicked. <laughs> Get your solicitor. you got one phone call. <laughs> um, fucking hell. Right, so then... Um, Darwin's two sons initially expressed elation at the return of their father. But as the story unfolded, they issued a joint statement stating they felt they had been victims of a scam and implying they wished to have no further contact with their parents. So, yeah, I I don't know exactly what the timeline was with this, but they obviously feel as though they've been horribly, horribly duped. I mean, can you imagine that? If your parents died and then came back to life. Well, who do you know that's dead? Probably your grandparents. Yeah. So the closest we can get to it is saying, imagine if your grandparent. I mean, I'm assuming they'd be super old now, but... Oh, really like, old, if, yeah. If they were alive and mm. they'd done it to, like, I don't... To, what? Get 250 like, they, grand. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like, Andy, like, if you went round your mum and dad's later today to drop something off, Yeah. sometimes you go round and drop things off round there, don't you? Yeah, of course. We all drop things off around at our parents yeah. sometimes, don't we? What is it? It's the I'm main way you stay you. in contact with them. I'm not telling you, I'm just dropping it off. You don't need to know what it is. Um, and you go around and you go, I'm, I won't stop. I'll just come in and say, I'm just dropping off. off these items. Yeah. yeah. And then you walk in and they go, oh, actually, Andy, we've got company. And you go, what the fuck? Is this bullshit? Well, sorry. Oh, no. And they all act like, oh, we weren't expecting you because they would have hidden. You fucking cunt. What's all this? I've only come round to drop something off. And now, and I find this. How long has this been going on? Well, ever since we claimed to be dead. We've been alive the whole time. 
Why? 250 grand, that's why. You want a reason? Well, I've got 250,000 fucking good reasons, mate. <laughs> yeah. You'd be fuming, mate. I, I would be. I'd be stunned that they were back because they'd be incredibly old. I would just say, why did you bother? <laughs> it, made more sense. It, it made more sense for you to be dead. What is this? Uh, yeah, I would say, why are you even... Why aren't you? Why are you alive? What's the point? You must be in agony. Yeah, you must be on so much medication right now. Your back must be killing you. <laughs> Would you like me to smother you now? Put you out of your misery? Because either way, you're going to end up dying in prison or just dying soon anyway. So they're all fucking sitting there with, with a nice Battenberg cake and a pot yeah. of tea, mate. Chuckling. That's the last one, isn't it? It's going to be the last Imagine one. Imagine this then. Imagine if even your brother knew and you were the only one who hadn't been told. I know that sounds bad, but you've got to understand, this is... uh, See, you know, like, I'm a very paranoid, insecure person. Um, I think maybe one of the reasons for that is is that, you know, I've got this sister who's my older sister, Mm. and she was adopted when she was a baby because my parents had her when my mum was very young, Mm. and they were both Catholic families, weird shit, and so the baby was... Bit like Rosemary's baby, I suppose. Mm-hmm. The baby had to be adopted, right? And then, uh, anyway, for some reason, my parents then had my brothers and then me. Yeah. And they and they kept it a secret, but my brothers found out over the years, one way or another. Mm. But for years, everyone knew that there was an older sister somewhere walking yeah. around out there. Yeah. Out there. And the only cunt in the family who didn't know was poor old beeping Timmy himself. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm sure you all had a right fucking good time talking about her. Oh, there, I wonder what's that. Oh, yeah, we got another Oh, anyway, here comes Sam. Everyone be quiet. Why didn't you fucking tell me, cunts? And then one day, when I was about 18, my mum said, Sit down, look what I mean to tell you. She started crying (laughs) like that. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, what's all this? And she said, yeah, basically, we had a kid and we had it adopted and you've got an older sister, but we don't know where she is. And I go, who else knows about this? Fucking everyone, mate. Everyone apart from you. And when I say everyone, I mean uncles, aunts, probably all my cousins, because they're parents of Tom. The news agent. In our fucking ex... Yeah, exactly. Fucking Pancho from the flats probably knew. Oh, all right, Sam. Heard about your big sister, have you? <laughs> yeah, you only had to wait till you were fucking 18 to find out, didn't you? <laughs> oh. Joke's on you. Well, the joke was on them because they'd all been waiting around for years to find out who she was. Within six months of me getting the news, she surfaced, got in wow. touch with us. She got in then, touch? Hell. Yeah, now she's just uh, my sister. I mean, you know, like... Ever since, like, I was, I went round her house the other day. Like, we're we're close, we're really close. Like, oh, that's you know, lovely. we're mates. That's lovely. And um, yeah, she's just fully a hundred percent part of family. I've got this big sister I didn't know about, uh, which is I lovely. So that- all's well that ends well. Yeah. But I was. Let's get it right, mate. I was yeah. the victim of a mass family deception fraud. I was the victim Emotional of fam- fraud. Yeah. Family fraud. It's called family fraud, right? And think. that's and then and then I'm a, I'm quite a paranoid person. I always think there's conspiracy secretly going on about me. That's probably why, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I was just about to say it's just another one of those things that adds to your existential burden. 
Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it, you've spoken often that you have therapy and stuff like that, but yeah. things like that piles yeah, up, doesn't it? shit fucking surprises you. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And, and when you're young, and it, like that's not the only example, that's probably the biggest one, and there are secrets or people deceive you or whatever, that fucking lives with you. Fucking lives with you. And like that's a massive thing to have yeah. been like, until you're 18, walking around with this big thing going on in the background that everyone knew about other than you. I have to say, I sound angry, but I was never angry. I never, when I was told about it, yeah. I never got angry with anyone at all. And I'm not mm. angry really now, but I do look back and think, fucking hell, that did have a very big impact on me, mm. the deception. Mm. And I could understand why it happened, I suppose. It wasn't done by some big design. It was like, I don't think my parents were comfortable talking about it. And my brothers yeah. all found out by chance. Mm -hmm. yeah, right? yeah, it wasn't kind of... Well, one of my brothers was going through my mum's papers to try and like they they were basically really bad, right? My brother, my two middle brothers, Cass and Dom, when they were teenagers, they were like really awful. And Terrace QPR Terrace legend Castellani was going through her papers, I think, to probably steal like a passport or a birth certificate to fake an identity or something cool. mad. Yeah, just like ah, oh, just I'm just gonna go through mum's papers and steal some birth certificates to sell on the black market, right? Ah, that's what that's on my list of to dos today. And as he was going through it's her something papers, something I've always wanted to try. Yeah, as he was going through her papers, he was like looking at each of the birth certificates one by one. Oh yeah, there's my brother. There's me other brother, and there's that. Who the fuck's this? He looked at it and he was like, who the fuck's this? This must be some other cunt's birth if it's gone up to our family. But then it says the name of the mum. That's the yeah. name of our mum. Name yeah. of the dad. That's the name of our dad. What? Christ. And so he, yeah. he told my other brother and then they went in and confronted my mum when she was doing the washing up. And she actually, like in a soap opera, dropped a plate dropped on the floor and smashed floor. it. Because oh, they walked God. in behind and went, yeah, mum. <gasps> Did you and Dad have a baby when you were like sixteen and get it adopted? And she's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> exposed. <laughs> Jalapeno. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. Are you familiar with the, uh, the stand-up comedian Mark Steele? The lefty comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got an amazing uh, adoption story because he was adopted when he was a right. little kid and he tracked yeah. down his birth father 
and his birth father was I was just reading this the other day his, his dad is a man called uh, Joe Dweck who is uh, a multi-millionaire mm. and he was a trader on Wall Street wow bear in mind that Mark Steele is like this lefty comedian who's like yeah. ultra ultra left wing yeah. uh, his dad was a trader on Wall Street and in 1976 Mark Steele's dad was the world backgammon champion Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> it's incredible. Sounds like some sort and of Omar Sharif character, doesn't it? There's more. There's more. Um, Joe Dweck used to hang out in London with other millionaires at the Claremont Club, alongside people like John Aspinall and Lord Lucan. Wow! Fucking what hell! A Imagine story. finding out he's your dad. You the know? man with the greatest life story of all time, yeah. basically. And um, he said, he said in this thing that I read that they met up, he tracked him down and they met up uh, one time and he said they had a really, really, really good time and a good laugh. And they laughed about the circumstances of each other's lives and how disparate they were, mm. Mark being the kind of lefty that he is and Joe Dweck being the former world backgammon champion and multi-millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> and he said we had a really good time, but then he says we've never met up since. Which no, is a bit weird. sad, really, because it felt as that. When I read that bit, it felt as though that could be. A well, really I think there's a lot of uncomfortable memories. I mean, my mum, my mum and my sister are very close. Me and my brothers are all pretty close with her. I feel very close to her actually, and uh, but yeah, my dad's pretty close. But I think it's sort of I don't know. I think there's a lot of because it kind of triggers a lot of difficult memories from the yeah. time. Yeah, and so you you know there's love there, but there's also a lot of like confusion and discomfort. I, I bet, yeah, yeah. Not well, I for me though. Th- I went th- round there the other day, and she made me a fucking ploughman's lunch. I had a great day. Brilliant. And a cake. I mean, that must be lovely because you've just got brothers, haven't you? You've got three brothers. Yeah, and, and you're they're the all youngest. Cunts, whereas yeah. she's really, and I've got two <laughs> yeah. sisters. One's one's this adopted, long lost sister, and the other one's my half-sister from my dad's second marriage. Oh, that's right, And so yeah. I've got one younger She's sister younger. and one yeah. old sister, and they're both really nice, which mm. really makes up for the fact, probably from my parents' point of view as well, in that me and all of my brothers are cunts, particularly my brothers. I mean, I'm easily the least cunt. But as, <laughs> as anyone who knows us will testify, I'm sure. But uh, I'm sisters... Are, I've met two of your brothers. I got yeah. on the, all right with them. Oh, yeah, they probably put on the charm. But... But the uh, my sisters are both lovely, so it is really nice, actually. It's a nice respite to yeah, have uh, an older sister. And she's the oldest of all of us, my older sister, as yeah. well. Yeah. She's, and she grew up in a very different environment because, obviously, when you get adopted, they make sure to put you with a nice family. There were tests and things, there were checks. Yeah. It was the nuns because it was a Catholic adoption ring, so the nuns took her. Not the same nuns that... Um, not the nuns that cared for my dying grandma years later. Yeah. Or the nuns that educated my mum. I mean, there's nuns all over my family Oh, there's history. nuns everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And um, the nuns got her adopted by a nice Catholic family. And um, she lived a very different lifestyle to us. But it's fascinating the amount of similarities there are in our personalities. Mm. See what I mean? It's yeah, interesting yeah. nature and nurture thing there. Yeah, exactly. That's good, that. I like that. Yeah. So there's that instant connection. Shall we get back to the uh, the sad story of John Darwin? 
and he's yeah. from because we're, we're at the bit with his sons and it says uh, yeah they issued a joint statement stating they felt they'd been victims of a scam and implying that they wish they had no further contact with their parents both sons were reported to have changed their jobs prior to their father's reappearance I don't know why that's there that doesn't really I don't know if that has any relevance to anything but um, on December the 6th which was the a few days after Darwin had walked into the glamorous West End police station and claimed amnesia. So five days later, one of Darwin's sons allegedly disappeared after clearing out his North London flat and leaving a notebook reportedly containing coded messages for his girlfriend as well as directions for her to get to London City Airport. Uh There's a lot to unpack. Yeah, I think he'd lost his marbles, basically. Uh, and it said police emphasised he was not suspected of any crime. So maybe maybe that's what it was. Well, yeah, marbles. You know, he's, he's gone through the trauma, a, a deeply traumatic experience and it's knocked him totally off kilter. And suddenly, when you've been hoodwinked to that degree, not, is that cliched saying everything you know is wrong? Yeah, yeah, of course. Because if you've been deceived in such a huge, fundamental, all-encompassing way, mm. then then it sends you instantly mad because you don't believe anything that you see. Mm. At least temporarily, yeah. ev- everything feels like... Suddenly you could feel like you were in the... Um, what you got, the Truman Show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. So he suddenly thought a load of mental shit and thought, right, meet me at City Airport. Here's some code language. Because he's yeah. got it in his head... Oh yeah, I'm basically being hunted by the fucking FBI or something for all he yeah. knows. Oh, the the I, I've I'm in some kind of I don't know um, psychedelic coma, and that everything yeah, exactly everything you know it just doesn't exist. I'm in anymore. a psychedelic coma. Better level. get to London City Airport pronto. It's the only exit route, isn't it? I mean, mm. you're restricting your your uh, options of. Fleeing, aren't you? If you go to London City Airport, it's oh, easily. Yeah, it goes to hardly any fucking places. I think it goes to yeah. like Frankfurt because it's mainly for bankers. Yeah. When I used to come down to London for work, in um, when are we talking about two thousand and five, I'd usually stay in the travel lodge at London City Airport because oh, yeah. it was easily the cheapest one in oh. London. You could get a room at the travel lodge there for nine quid some nights. Oh, lovely! Imagine that. So I'd stay there. And uh, I'd, I'd gaze at the airport and wonder where all the people were flying off to, but mm. fucking, fucking nowhere really. Nah, it's a shit airport. I've flown from there a couple of times, but <clears> it's <throat> yeah, it's bullshit. Nine quid for a London hotel though. Those were the I days. Know. Makes me want to go and stay there now. Just stay there, just because, <laughs> just because yeah. you can. Uh, where are we at here? So it moves on the Wikipedia page to the trial section, and it says later that day. The first of uh, December, I guess. Darwin was charged with obtaining life insurance money by deception and making untrue statements to obtain a passport. So they haven't fucked about. They've just charged him straight away. They realise what's going on. He's walked into the police yeah. station, says he doesn't know what's happening or who he is, and they've just gone, "Yeah, yeah, we know." Charged. Uh, fingerprints now. Um. And Darwin was arrested at Manchester Airport the following day upon returning to the UK <laughs> and detained in connection with the allegations of fraud. It's all falling around their ears. The whole thing's collapsed. It's um, The game is up. 
She appeared in court on 11th of December in Hartlepool uh, to face two charges of fraud, obtaining £25,000 and £137,000 by deception. So it looks as if they didn't even manage to get the two hundred and fifty grand that was the big... Uh, the, the, the fucking worm on the hook of this fraudulent in fishing trip. In some ways, it's, it's quite interesting. It's like, were they sort of perverts? Was it not about the money? <laughs> <laughs> and were they not even that desperate as as has been suggested? Was it in fact just like they were they were thrill seekers? Do you see what they I mean? Just, they wanted to get caught. Do you think? Or like the whole thing from beginning to end was about they wanted something exciting in their sort of dreary mm. life, mm. and they thought this is an adventure. Let's see if we can get away with it. And it wasn't ever about the money. It was about a sort of perverse pursuit of of weird of really weird thrills. Do you like think the perverse thrill of making your kids think you're dead when you're not? Do you think they just did it in some way to just spice up their sex life? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the specifics of how they would do that, but yeah. Well, I just think the secrecy. She'd effectively be <laughs> having it off with a dead man. <laughs> so they used to go all the way to Panama just to have it off. Do you think he would pretend to be dead sometimes during, during sex? Yeah. 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 Um, they, uh, How do you want me tonight, love? Dead or alive? Oh, I'll have you dead tonight, John. Just lie <laughs> on your back. I'll do nice the rest. Nice and cold. Nice and cold and stiff. Go stand in front of the freezer for ten minutes, cool yourself down, and then just lie on the bed. I'll do the rest. <laughs> There's a... Uh, yeah, I mean, they might have done a thing where he said, right, I'll pretend that I'm dead, and then you go out and play the bereaved widow act and pick up yeah. some fancy men. Yeah, and bring them back yeah. to the house and have it off with them from the widow's and club. I'll be, I'll be in the um, wardrobe. Yeah, with my pajamas on, and I'll put some like grey makeup on so I look really pallid and dead. <laughs> and then I just I'll just fall just out as the you reach climax, just as the man yeah. reaches climax, I will fall out of the wardrobe, first. all done up like a corpse, and he'll go, ah, what's that? And you'll just look at him and go, that's my husband. I keep his corpse in the cupboard. That's not a problem, is it? <laughs> now come on my tits <laughs> and then he'll run off and then we'll have sex in the aftermath yeah, of it yeah that's probably what it was that's that's what they were doing mate mm. they're fucking nailed on 100% yeah, that's what was going on I think we've unlocked the mystery we cracked it <laughs> cracked the kiss uh, update the wikipedia page at once <laughs> Oh, fuck, someone will. Oh, Jesus. Um, I'll tell you what, we'll leave it there because um, we're just at the beginning of the trial and the trial and sentencing, I think, will we'll take a whole episode to get through and then mm. I reckon we'll be done with it. Yeah. We'll be done with the, the, the Darwin Just in time for the new show starring Eddie Mayer, which I think, not Eddie Mayer, he's a fucking journalist. Who am I yeah, talking Ed, about? Eddie Marson. Yeah, Eddie Marson. That's in production. It's called The Thief, He's, His Wife, uh, and the Commute. Yeah, and when that comes out, that'll be great, won't it? Certainly will. But there is already one that's been done about it. That's on. Uh, it was on BBC Four. I think it's on YouTube. I think Bernard yeah, it was Hill. Stephen Seagal, wasn't it? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it was Bernard Hill. Of course, it's Gussie Hughes in Boys oh. and the Black stuff, and that was mm. done about. That was done quite fairly soon after the actual case itself. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, Canoe Man, two thousand and ten. Bernard Hill and Saskia Reeves as John and Anne Darwin, respectively. 
Um, so they're doing another one, but they've probably got a lot more info now because he was still in Nick in 2010. Well, and now he's got, out. They've either got a lot more info or they're just doing that thing that telly does where they just do something that's already been done. Yeah. And they do it again. Have you seen this thing on fucking... Are you familiar with Storage Wars, aren't you? The programme so, where yeah, people get a, go, go to a, a lock-up and they get a, a storage unit that's been mm. abandoned, that hasn't been paid for, and then yeah. they have to try and sell the stuff that's in it. Well, Channel 4 is doing this thing called Auction Wars, which is oh. <laughs> incredibly similar, where the, the yeah. contestants get these lots of goods, and then I think they just sell them on eBay because the logo's got the... the Red, the green, and the blue um, lettering. Didn't it all start with Blue Peter and Magpie, mate? What? How? TV shows just doing. TV shows. The the other channel doing. Oh right, nicking ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I think I probably did. Yeah. Yeah. But this one just seems so brazen. I don't know. They've got away with it. But the most brazen one I've ever seen was when I was a kid, and they had animal crackers and the banana splits. And they were both about a bunch of fucking huge, weird puppets that lived in a big house together. Yeah. And I think both of them had fireman poles rather than staircases. We could deep dive into it if you want. Examine I'd it further. I'd love to see how those two things came about. We'll... But I tell you who I think was definitely involved in the copycat <laughs> one. Our old friend, Glenn A. Larson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he didn't miss a chance, did he, Larson? Oh, yeah, by we... the way... Um, while we were away, I listened... I can't remember if if, I, if you listened to this, but there was a very long interview available, I think, via Variety magazine or something like that, with uh, David Chase, the creator of The Sopranos, and he'd done yeah. a really long live interview in front of an audience at a university. It was right. about an hour and a half. And I was listening to it in the car while we were on tour, <clears throat> and they were talking to him about his career before The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And he was... The famous thing he did just before Sopranos was Northern Exposure, which I think was quite a well liked rated show. But before yeah. that, he was just, a, he'd been a job in writer for a long time through mm-hmm. the whole of the 70s, right? On various different shows, including The Rockford Files. And, yeah. um, and he said, and the interviewer said, So you worked under senior showrunners from that era and learned from them. And he went, Yeah, there was amazing legends in the industry who I was lucky enough to work under, and I picked up a lot from them. Uh, practically everyone I worked for was great, apart from one who was the most <laughs> awful person. And they said, ha, 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 who was that? And he went, well, obviously, Glenn A. Larson. Obviously. And I laughed out loud. <laughs> it was as obviously, you might, if you know anything about television in the 70s and 80s, you'll know who I'm referring to. <laughs> the lord of awful behaviour, Glenn A. Larson. I mean that 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 we did that before we did history box. That should have been a history box, really. The career, I think the we life can return to Glenn Larson's, Larson's antics. I feel as though we've done it, though. I feel, it would feel wrong to go back and do it again. But uh, there we are. Uh, we'll end this history box next time. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and goodbye. All the best. Goodbye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.